Hi, I'm Abigail Wilson, your host for the Cybersecurity Podcast from PwC UK. I'm working in PwC's threat intelligence team. I'm very excited to bring you the latest episode looking at the cyber threat imperatives for 2021. Every year, we conduct a review of the trends we've seen over the previous 12 months and explore their wider impact on organizations, business, and society. So we thought this provided an excellent opportunity to review both what we've seen and also look forward to the threats that should be on your radar this year. In this episode, we'll be asking questions like, which cyber threats had the most impact last year and which ones are set to continue this year? To help answer these questions, I'm joined today in our virtual studio by Chris McConkie, our global lead for threat intelligence and incident response, and Crystal Reed, a threat intelligence manager from our UK team. Chris, Crystal, thank you for joining us today. Hi, Abby, thanks. Hi, Abby. As we all know, last year, COVID-19 took hold and spread across the globe. And threat actors, of course, were quick to capitalize on the situation. Chris, what would you say the key trends you've seen emerge since? Good start uh, question. Uh, look, we did a podcast, I think, fairly early in the pandemic in 2020. Um, and the things back then, uh, or quite a few of them at least, uh, definitely remain valid now. Um, and like, we'll start with a really obvious one and get that out of the way first, which is ransomware. Uh, you'll hear us talk about this a lot, probably. Um, it's really the highest priority threat for pretty much every organization at the minute. And some of the ransom demands are now regularly exceeding uh, sort of high seven figures and often into eight figures. Uh, and many of those incidents are genuinely posing effectively an existential risk uh, for, uh, for, for the victims. Um, the second one uh, is obviously to do with virtual working. Um, organizations in, in 2020 obviously had uh, pretty significant changes uh, forced on them in terms of working environments. Uh, and uh, there was a lot of VPN exploitation and other sort of um, exploitation of things like firewalls and, and other security products through through 2020 as well. And like, that's not really a surprise. So if we look at most of the high profile incidents that have been in the public domain, whether that is uh, supply chain attacks or whether it's file transfer solutions being targeted and those sorts of things, um, bad actors are really just targeting areas of concentration risk. And so effectively collective exposure to a single thing, whether that is a piece of software or a managed services provider or something else. Um, and that's genuinely not going to stop anytime soon. Uh, as an industry, we have to, to figure out how to deal with that a bit better. Um, it's also not new. So things like software supply chain attacks have actually been around since at least as early as 2011 from, from our research. Um, obviously, cybercrime as well was a, was a big um, topic through 2020, and that, that really follows the, the news. Um, and so right from January last year, we saw cybercrime actors tailor uh, a lot of their content, for example, phishing emails uh, aligned to the, the global narrative around COVID. Um, and they basically followed that narrative the whole year. So in, in early 2020, it was about the, uh, the, the COVID um, uh, uh, virus itself. Uh, later in the year, it then turned into things like vaccine and uh, kind of furlough schemes, that sort of stuff as well. Um, and I, I guess switching from cybercrime into espionage, we also saw a, a shift in espionage following the, the COVID news throughout the year as well, initially uh, towards vaccine research, uh, and then more recently towards aspects of how that uh, how vaccines are being distributed and rolled out, and, and quite a lot of the logistics and mechanics uh, behind that as well. So really interesting to see a lot of the, the trends um, sort of change throughout the year, but a lot of them really evolving in exactly the way that you would um, uh, predict with, with 2020 hindsight uh, in terms of a, a pandemic like this. 
Thanks, Chris. Of course, some of those threats do look familiar from our work last year. Now, Crystal, you've been working on a research looking at the top threat trends of the past year. What trends have you identified that you found the most interesting? So the top threat has to be ransomware. As Chris alluded to, uh, ransomware has been the main threat facing organizations over the last year. Uh, and one of the reasons for this has been a shift in the tactics used by ransomware operators, um, namely the advent of leak sites. So many threat actors will now look to exfiltrate data from their victims before uh, launching the encryption um, and threaten to publish that data if the ransom isn't met. So there's a lot more pressure and scrutiny on victims and, and how they respond, as the fact that they've been compromised is now in the public domain. Um, and that's something that's very different to how ransomware attacks were previously conducted. Another trend we saw continuing throughout the last year is uh, intelligence gathering and collection activity. So we've seen a lot of threat actors continuing to conduct espionage activity in spite of the pandemic, often in support of nation state strategies and also in response to geopolitical events around the world. Um, and lastly, um, supply chain compromise. So this continues to be a much abused attack vector. It's definitely nothing new. So threat actors have been using um, the supply chain and targeting it uh, for many years. But there have been a number of high profile attacks over the last year, which have really brought home the scale and impact these can have. To pick up on ransomware, it feels like every week last year, there was news of another attack. With threat actors getting more organized, it looks like the threat posed by ransomware is only continue to, it will only continue to rise. Um, Crystal, do you think organizations are taking this threat seriously enough? When you consider how rapidly threat actors have shifted their tactics and the sheer growth in their operations over the last year, there's undoubtedly some organizations that will have been taken surprise. The reality is that there isn't really a sector that's immune from ransomware attacks or, or a geography. Um, and the trend shows no signs of slowing down. So these types of operations have, have attracted new players to the market and many established crime groups have also added ransomware to their portfolios. So it's a threat really that all organizations, regardless of their size, need to take seriously. And it's definitely something that we've seen increasingly part of CEO and board level conversations. So Chris, I'm sure you've got a bit more to add on that, given the work you do with boards during breaches. Yeah, and, and look, there's absolutely no doubt that the pandemic was a real shock to the system for some boards whenever it comes to security, uh, in part because of some of the stuff you've been talking about, Crystal, like the impact of the incidents themselves. So things like the human operated ransomware campaigns, whenever they completely knock out an organization's ability to operate, not only is that a board level kind of crisis, but it's actually the board and quite often the CEOs that are front and center in terms of the, the public face of their response and, and, and what they say. And in light of, of those types of threats, one absolute priority has to be around how organizations protect and then recover from backups. And a lot of boards are now realizing that actually security quite often has this sort of accountability for, uh, for, for, def for defending the network but no authority or responsibility over things like the backup processes because that sits with IT. Um, and so we're seeing a really desperate need for IT and security to be joining forces on some of those absolutely critical things that quite often get overlooked and sort of fall between the gaps and things like business continuity planning and the, some of the security aspects of it. And our, our very own Richard Horn actually put out a really good article this February on balancing complexity and simplicity, which is really relevant for boards. 
Um, most organizations are, are hugely complex and business strategy and business models often kind of overlook how decisions are influencing the, the complexity of business processes and the systems and associated risk. There's another bit of that that talks about external partners and the fact that most organizations over time have developed, I guess, really chaotic sets of supplier arrangements for everything from handling marketing data through to IT administration. Uh, and the complexity and volume of those relationships genuinely makes them a bit of a nightmare for security. So there's definitely something to be said for taking a fresh look at how to simplify those sort of external ecosystems and supply chains with a view to making it easier to get some sort of transparency and trust in them. And then thirdly, um, there's a big, big issue for a lot of organizations around technical debt, uh, which causes so many of the, the breaches that we get called in to investigate. Um, but technical debt is actually usually to support some sort of process debt. So like a really archaic, complex business processes that themselves could be simplified. And that actually makes a massive difference to an organization's ability to recover quickly from attacks. Um, so yeah, bo boards are definitely getting pretty engaged in this topic now. Those are some really great points for our audience to consider, especially around the wider technical debt challenge. Um, so, so looking at the year ahead of us, there's obviously some big challenges for organizations. Um, Crystal, which of these trends do you see as remaining prominent this year? Um, what do you think organizations should be focusing their attention on in addition to the points that Chris raised? So whilst we can't predict what will happen in the next year, there's uh, definitely some trends that we can expect to continue. Um, so ransomware is the obvious one. Um, it doesn't show any signs of slowing down and uh, we expect this to be a, a top threat to all organizations for the time being. It will be interesting to see if there are measures put in place to discourage victims uh, or prevent them from, from paying ransoms and how ransomware operators will adapt to those in kind. Other trends we expect to continue are the use of tried and tested techniques. The threat actors are continuously uh, adapting and improving their tools and tactics in these areas. Um, so that includes things like supply chain compromise, um, but also things like the use of social engineering. So we expect threat actors to adapt to the way that we are adapting um, in the way we interact with those services um, and exploit those connections. And also phishing, um, which continues to align to current affairs. Definitely. It's it's actually worth highlighting that we've seen a vast amount of malicious activity um, last year that was really a continuation of what we've seen in previous years, almost business as usual for threat actors. As was the case in 2020, we expect that major geopolitical events will continue to drive activity across the globe th this next year and beyond, of course, especially for espionage or intelligence gathering. Um, we, we regularly see targeting alliance to shifting political alliances, trade wars, and especially, which was high profile last year, national elections. Speaking from our ongoing research on threats in the Middle East in particular, we're monitoring how the new, the new US administration will respond to the threat of a nuclear Iran, for example, and how that will impact the region. And we anticipate that this will have a knock-on effect of many sectors and organizations being targeted as a result. I hope that this discussion has given our listeners a lot to think about. Keeping up to date with this expansive threat landscape can be very intimidating, but to wrap things up on a more positive note, Chris, what are some initiatives to combat these cyber threats you hope to see more of in 2021? I think there's a, there's actually quite a lot that we can take as positives from 2020 into 2021. Um, there's actually a really interesting dynamic around that the hybrid working model that we're obviously going to be be stuck with, but which is actually probably quite a good thing for many people in, in 2021. 
Um, and actually, the, the fact that we have such a remote and mobile workforce um, actually, I think, gives us some opportunities to, to rethink how we do bits of um, uh, security and particularly monitoring. Um, there is definitely going to be a really uh, significant focus on the endpoint. Um, again, so obviously most endpoints are now outside of the, the normal corporate boundaries. Um, and actually the, the ability to monitor what's happening on those whenever you don't have some of the network visibility that people were used to uh, whenever they were inside the corporate boundaries um, is, is going to, I think, force a, a really significant uptake of uh, things like modern EDR solutions where a lot of organizations, particularly in Europe, still don't have those. Um, there's also a slight risk, which is that whenever we come out of the current kind of lockdown uh, routines that we're in, we need to avoid the temptation to sort of default back to the way things were before. This is a really good opportunity to leapfrog quite a lot of uh, technical debt, um, focus on how we simplify things, take the opportunities to kind of simplify our active directory hygienes and actually make our environments more defendable. And then there's there's a really interesting bit, which I hope we see more of in 2021, um, around really good collaboration between public and private sectors on things like threat attribution and disrupting some of the really significant threats to, to most organizations. We saw some great examples of that uh, in 2020, and I'm hopeful we see a lot more in 2021. Thinking about how you'll approach the hybrid model, especially, I think will be important for organizations who are exploring flexible working solutions. I think these will be increasingly important and, and very popular options as we reemerge from the pandemic. Thank you both for this great discussion on the cyber threat trends that I think organizations will really need to think about. For more information on how you can defend against cyber threats, please visit our website at pwc.co.uk slash cybersecurity. And don't forget to subscribe to receive future episodes of our podcast. See you next time. Mm -hmm.